Hey there, Mike. Dr. Mary McNabb from Cannabis Community Care and Research Network. Just wanted to give you a big shout out for all the work that you're doing advocating for medical cannabis for low-income patients, people with disabilities, veterans, uh, the homeless, and others who otherwise can't afford it. Um, I wanted to uh, thank you again for this work, and I spent the last couple of days kind of crunching some numbers from our UMass Dartmouth uh, uh, research study that C3RN has partnered on, uh, the Open Cannabis Consumer and Patient Study in Massachusetts. And I ran some of the numbers and I wanted to let you know um, some of the costs of these people reporting um, average weekly spending um, by, uh, by medical patients in, in our dispensaries here and, and a subsample of them. So on average per week, um, patients are spending $100 a week on average. That's out of over 800 people who've reported on their survey. Welcome. It's Mike Crawford. Welcome to the Young Jerks podcast. Tonight, I don't even know where to start. There's so much to get to. Uh, First and foremost, we're going to just celebrate and be happy about something that happened this week uh, that I think came from the community. It was called an initial access certification that the Cannabis Control Commission just announced yesterday on June 24th. It's going to be effective in July 1st. It's something good for patients We don't know quite what it means, all the details. We still have some questions about it, but we're really happy because it's something that we've been commenting on, and it seems like the Cannabis Control Commission is also aware that there is an issue, and I think it's because we've been loud, the community, about uh, medical cannabis patients, uh, specifically the cost, number one, but also about uh, the long wait times to get actual access uh, to medical cannabis after you uh, go see the doctor and pay the state their fee. It's, it's been taking months to get the card. And now uh, the Cannabis Control Commission is going to have a new program. It's called the Initial Access Certification starting July 1st, where uh, people will get access uh, pretty much immediately upon receiving their uh, recommendation from their doctor. That is great news. Uh, so we're definitely talking about that today. We have an interview for you. Uh, we're going to be speaking to a mother named Rachel Butts. Uh, she had gotten very vocal about her situation of waiting over three months uh, for her medical card for her son. For her son, um, this has become a, a very hot button issue. She has a lot to say about the process. She has some su- suggestions for the Cannabis Control Commission. Uh, we've also found out uh, in the last, I don't know, maybe week or two, uh, we've re- received some information about uh, an SEIU, which is a labor, uh, which is, I'm sorry, which is a union, a labor union, uh, SEIU, they have filed a complaint, a complaint against the Cannabis Control Commission about the handling of the medical cannabis recommendations that we're talking about, the approval process about that actual labor. They filed the complaint because apparently that work has started to be outsourced and it's outside of the union agreement. So they filed a labor complaint with the state against the state. Uh, we have a copy of that. We've uh, distributed it. We've started asking the Cannabis Control uh, Commission comment uh, for you know about that. Uh, and we also uh, passed along Rachel Butts, her Facebook post showing like, is this why we have to wait three months? Because you guys don't have enough budgeting. 
you don't have enough manpower and now you're outsourcing the work. What is going on? We asked for comment and uh, didn't get any response until yesterday. And when we got the response, it was with the news that they were announcing uh, that this initial access certification uh, is going forward and it should be something that we're really happy about and we are we still have some questions about what it means uh, whether that this will also apply uh, for re- renewals uh, we also have some questions about the 14 day if, if, if that's a cap or if, if someone would be covered until they're actually uh, receive their card the language is a little Uh, You know, we we need to take a look at it a little closer and and find out these details, but we're really happy about that. Uh, So we're going to have an interview with her. Uh, We're also celebrating uh, Dr. Lester Grinspoon, his birthday, uh, and we're going to play a clip from him from 2009 because he's mentioned in the interview by me, uh, and and I had interviewed him back 10 years ago. And his words stand up, and it's important uh, that someone, you know, that people hear from a Harvard medical doctor who started it all, who who was the guy, uh, the first real legitimate doctor, as far as I know, that got behind cannabis and spoke the truth about it. So we're going to play his clip uh, also as well today on this podcast. I want to mention patience over profits. We're doing a lot on that as well. Uh, it's a new Facebook group. Please join it. Please send your friends, invite your friends, share it with them, let them know about it. Because this is where a lot of this information has been breaking. Uh, today, again, Cannabis Control Commission was very active. Grant Smith has posted in there. He's got a review, a breakdown of what happened for medical patients today. We may read a bit of that. Uh, you should definitely join that group, Patients Over Profits. If you need the link, hit me up on Facebook. Hit up the Young Jerks. We'll, we'll get you the link. Uh, we'll get you invited. We'll get you set up. Um, also uh, want to mention, uh, there are other groups out there. Uh, one that's most well-known that I have been uh, kind of a fierce critic of. Early on, I was a supporter and then I became a critic. Uh, Mass Patients Advocacy Alliance. I was just uh, just looking at their Facebook feed to see what they've been up to, uh, to see if they've maybe had anything to do with this initial access certification. They may have. I don't know. But I didn't see any push for it. Uh, what I did see is that they were pushing against Cambridge uh, and, and specifically uh, city council that we just had on, uh, uh, city council Quinton uh, Zanderbon. And uh, Quinton has basically put up a uh, cannabis resolution that would ban uh the RMDs uh, from going recreational for two years in Cambridge and would give a head start to all the priority applicants, uh, which I really like. I think it's a it's a it's a I think it's a great thing. I think it's a good idea. It's it's really pushing uh, to allow smaller players in the market and especially in a place like Cambridge. Uh, but the Mass Patients Advocacy Alliance is really against it. They came out to Cambridge last night and, and apparently uh, made a bit of a stink, from what I hear. Uh, and really are against priority, you know, against, you know, social equity. You know, they're they're basically campaigning against uh, Quinton, uh, Quinton's social equity uh, proposal in Cambridge. And they're saying that this will get rid of the discounts for medical patients. And I just don't see that happening. Uh, I actually asked for comment uh, from Quinton about that. And he said that's uh, not correct. He said they are confused. I'm not doing anything with the discounts. The idea is simply to honor the discounts for any products that are applicable. Clearly, none are applicable right now because adult use can't sell medical. So I just jumped the gun on that and confused people. So that was a bit of a misunderstanding. 
Uh, that seems to be what they're getting people most riled up. Um, also, they seem to make the point that if these medical dispensaries like Sierra and Healthy Farms, actually, I'm not even sure if Healthy Farms is in Cambridge anymore, but if Sierra, uh, which is in Cambridge, uh, isn't allowed to go recreational, that they'll close shop and move to another city and open up recreational only and the patients will lose out. That's what they're trying to uh, seem to in- indicate because there is a limit on how many uh, dispensaries they could run and they'll go for the most profitable one. Um, I'm not convinced that they would actually do that uh, for just a two-year window. Maybe if the window was forever, but just for two years. And, uh, you know, so I also asked Quentin about that. Uh, he And this was his response. Well, they are wrong because if you are the Canadian company that just bought Sierra Naturals, are you going to let the Cambridge store die because you can't wait two years to convert to adult use? And he writes, no way. And if adult use is just going to kill uh, off medical, then I just bought you a two-year delay. So he's just basically saying, you know, if, if you really feel that way, we just saved you two years, which, you know, we, we gave you a, a medical dispensary for two more years, which, hey, you know, he's got he's got a point there as well. Um, so I just wanted to note that that's what they're doing. Uh, we're focusing on uh, what we feel is more important, getting more access, not less access. We're not uh, working with big cannabis to get less access. No, we're going out there trying to, to, to bring down the cost, both on the licensing and the certification for patients, as well as the product. And we want to see more access and we're going to continue to fight for that. We've got a lot of things planned uh, over the next year. Over the next months, weeks, we are very excited. We, we are going to do another free cannabis event upcoming. We have a, uh, a big event. We're actually uh, going uh, to do an event with Big Cannabis. They're sponsoring us, Verilife. And again, we, we will take the money, but none of our content will ever change here. But we're doing a very big event uh, July 10th. You can even come down and check that out. Uh, we're not inviting a lot of people down there. But if you really want to go, come on down. We'll see you in Wareham, July 10th. It's a Wednesday, but definitely check out that live broadcast because that's going to be a special live broadcast with a bunch of uh, great people. And I think that we may make some news that day as well uh, for the patients. We're always about the patients, patients over profits. Check out the Facebook group. Um, I also want to just mention uh, some of the things that Grant Smith had uh, you know, noted today because at the Cannabis Control Commission, they were talking about delivery for medical patients. And it was about the cameras. And you can imagine, again, it was the same breakdown that it always is. It was Shalene Title fighting to keep costs low to allow uh, more players in the market, number one. But number two, to also keep the price down for patients. And she was fighting to limit the cameras and the mandates and all of this crap that they want to add on. And on something she won. And unfortunately, on something she did not win. Um, we're going to just read some of that uh, from today directly from Grant and some of the just going to kind of summarize it. If you want to read more, again, he posted it on Patients Over Profits. He also posted it on his own Facebook page. Uh, so you can see it in a couple different places. But I'm just going to read uh, some of it. Uh, it just starts out for those in the cannabis uh, activist community. I want to take a moment to laud uh, Commissioner Shaleen Title for the amazing work she puts in day in and day out in the context of Massachusetts. Cannabis Control Commission. This is a post uh, that he lauded uh, Shalene's work today. 
and then on the other post that I really want to get to is the update from what happened today at the Cannabis Control Commission. And uh, Grant starts out that post, if, it can, if I can get it up here. Uh, first update from today's Cannabis Control Commission hearing. Uh, we're in proposed final draft regulations for the medical program, recreational delivery, and social consumption are finally, after a month-long delay, being discussed. Number one, a proposal that medical delivery vehicles must use video cameras and store recordings for 90 days. Commissioner Title makes the strong point that because video cameras are not required under current regulations, such a regulation would be illegal under MGL Chapter 94G, Section 1, which prohibits any CCC regulation from being more strict or burdensome than the existing DPH regulations. Commissioner's title's motion to remove the video requirement for medical delivery nonetheless fails four to one. That's problems. That's a, that's problematic. That, this is my editorial con. <laughs> that's a problem because they could get sued over that. Um, and and this is what Grant continues to write. He says this was a shameful vote by Flanagan, McBride, Hoffman, and Doyle, as such video systems will unquestionably result in higher retail prices for vulnerable medical patients. Number two, Commissioner Title moves a motion to remove the pr- uh, proposed pre-verification uh, requirements for medical marijuana patients. Uh, the commission votes 5-0 in favor of Commissioner Title's motion and removes pre-verification uh, requirements for medical patients seeking delivery. This is important. This doesn't, you know, basically for delivery, it, it basically says that you don't have to go into, into a dispensary first to get a delivery at your house later. So it's a, it's a, it's a little win. She, she got a win for us there. Okay, another proposal that would ban medical uh, cannabis deliveries to dorm rooms, federally subsidized housing, hotels, motels, and other commercial establishments. Uh, Shaleen Title again, uh, went to bat for us medical patients by pointing out that severely disabled patients... Uh, maybe in a hotel in need of their medical cannabis. I mean, I travel. <laughs> People travel. People go on vacation sometimes. Even vulnerable medical marijuana patients. Uh, Commissioner Flanagan moves to keep the language related to dorms and federally subsidized housing. The commission votes 3-2 to two in favor of allowing medical delivery at hotels, motels, and other commercial establishments. Uh, I, I just, uh, you know, it's funny, even for that, Flanagan and McBride voted against that. I mean, even that, to me, it's like, why shouldn't you be able to get it at a dorm room or even federally subsidized housing if you're a medical patient? That, to me, is just outrageous. But they even voted against that. They don't, like, and they didn't vote against it because of my uh, objections to that. <laughs> They're voted against it because they don't want to see it at all. They just want to make sure that it doesn't get to deliver to any of these places pretty crazy so uh i'm, I'm getting off topic I'm, I'm reading uh from grant and then I'm, I'm giving my own feedback but you could see what happened today it was a big fight again and this is what's going on this is why we need to be very vocal with those four cannabis control commissioners we never really need to talk to shalene even though we love her except to say thank you shalene keep fighting for us you're awesome i mean you know we can take her advice we can definitely talk to her and but you know we don't need to put pressure on Shalene. Shalene's always looking out for us. It's the other four commissioners. We need to be on them. We need to be continue to be vocal. And that's why I want to thank all the patients that have been reaching out and telling their stories and how long it takes to get a medical card because we did get a little change today. 
And we did get a couple little wins today. And we need to fight even harder. We're just getting started. And there's going to be a lot more. I want to thank Rachel Butts, a mom. This is a uh, courageous, heroic thing that she does to talk about her son and his condition. I mean, a lot of people on the internet are mean and they're going to assume things and, and come at her. But she doesn't care. She wants to share this because this is her reality. And this is what people need to hear. They need to hear the situations when you're choosing uh, hard drugs, hard prescribed drugs for a 15-year-old. Or you can try CBD and maybe some edible THC even for your 15-year-old. What, what would you choose for your kid? You should ask yourself that question. If you're science-based, I think there's only one answer. <laughs> and I think it's what uh, Dr. Grinspoon said. It's the gold standard. If it works, it is the gold standard. It causes the least harm. It's cannabis. And so I want to thank Rachel Butts for speaking to us and for being such a hero on this and bringing change to the state of Massachusetts. I think what she did definitely did have an effect uh, this week when we announced uh, and it was announced by the state that they're changing it a little bit. At least we hope a little more. We hope it's uh, all the way, but it's initial access certification starting July 1st. So we know they're hearing us. We, we got to be even more vocal. We want more access. We want lower prices. We want sliding scales for patients. We want to make the medical cannabis program better. There was a recent survey. Uh, one of the big national outlets basically looked at the pricing of cannabis recreational and uh, even if I think if you look at medically even, Massachusetts is on the high end. We were the highest. We were the highest price for any state that legalized. And for medical cannabis, for how long we've had medical cannabis, since 2012 we passed the initiative, it's still high price. It should be a lot lower. And the reason why is there's still not enough access. We need more access. And we're going to continue to fight. And we need uh, to, the Cannabis Control Commission to know that we want this to get better. We know what the solutions are and we're asking for them and we're not going to stop. We're going to continue to tell stories. If you're a patient, if you know a patient that their story needs to get out and people need to hear about what they're going through, let us know. We're looking to share more patient stories. Reach out to us. I want to thank everyone. Uh, like us on uh, on our Twitter at The Young Jerks. Uh, please subscribe to us and give us ratings and comments. We have some trolls. Uh, we are doing really good on our on our reviews on iTunes. We got a lot more of them this last week in Haverhill, which was awesome. But then a couple trolls knocked us down. So please help us out. Please please uh, help us beat beat the trolls at their own game. Make sure you give us a review on iTunes. Uh, thank you so much for everything. Uh, we'll be around. Uh, this weekend as well, Saturday, live show at 6 p.m. Young Jerks will be live on our Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and all that. So we'll hear from you soon. I also want to thank Marion McNabb. That was Dr. Marion McNabb uh, with the opening. Uh, she she leaves us a great comment. Uh, unfortunately, it gets cut off after a minute on uh, Anchor when you leave voicemails. But she has a lot more data to share with us about the cost for medical patients in Massachusetts. And uh, we're going to get into that with her uh, much more in the very near future. She's been sharing a lot of info with us. So I want to thank Dr. Marion McNabb as well. That was her in the open. Uh, again, I want to thank Dr. Lester Grinspoon. Wish him a happy birthday. And his son, uh, Dr. Peter Grinspoon, who's awesome, a Twitter friend. And I want to thank Rachel Butts. And I want to thank everyone who's been sharing our stuff and supporting everything we do. Here's the interview with Rachel. Uh, listen uh, to what she has to go through every year, less than every year now. Uh, to get her son 
medical cannabis in Massachusetts. You see what happened with that initial access certification? Have you heard about that? I, I did. I read up on it, and I find it very stressing that after all this time, everyone's fighting all these, you know, battles just to get their recommendations approved, you know, three months I've been waiting for myself to get in, and now it's the same day that you get. Is it the same day you get a doctor recommendation, or is it the same day they receive all the forms and everything else? It seems like both. Like, it could, like basically, you could do it either or. So, it, you know, it, it, it sounds like the doctors are probably going to be set up to, to hook you up that day. That's what it yeah. sounds like. So, and yeah. it's beautiful for people but, in the future moving forward, absolutely, you know. Right. And, you know, the thing with this initial access certification, I still have questions and concerns on what it really means. Like, does it just mean for the first time you get your medical recommendation or does it right. apply to which is, you know, when you when you have to go through this process again in less than a year now. Um, so, you know, uh, what do we call that? Renewal. I wonder if that, that's what I – I'm trying to find that out. I've been contacting right. the CCC to find out, does that apply to renewals? Is this good? And okay. also there's a 14-day thing, and I want to find out what it actually means. So it, it looks yeah. like good news. Um, so tell – because we've been, you know, kind of going nuts on this for a while because I also had issues when I tried to renew this year, and I didn't have a car for a while. There was also misinformation about when my card expired and all all of that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I've been fighting this battle for years, <laughs> all yeah. of these things. Like, so you know, oh, you have it for a year, you have it for six months, you have it. You know, you have to get – it used to be you had to go every six months or three months, depending on what the doctor said, then they changed that to a year. You know, now with you need two, two doctor recommendations, in order for to even for them to even look at the application, you can't even do any can't even make the doctor's appointment until you've seen the first doctor. So they're booking out at once. It's just such a process. I can't believe it. I mean, I started in April when the, I originally took my son to the doctor, Doctor Ruby, who is absolutely amazing. Um, I wish there was more pediatric doctors that were able to do this. Unfortunately, he's the only one. So he books out well in advance. Um, I brought him in then, and luckily Dr. went over everything with me on making copies. He told me this is going to be a difficult process, and there's always something that happens to go wrong. If you don't jot you know, an I or cross a T, they'll find a way to make it so you, you get your card. And that's, that's exactly what happened. Um, I did the two different job recommendations, filled out the whole pamphlet, the book, you know, sent that and certified so I knew that I received it. And I called after three weeks, the original time I called. I said, I wanted to know what's going on with my son's application. It's been all months. And the lady to be on hold for 90 minutes. We have 30 days. Uh, okay, can you tell me anything? No. Nope. Call back after 30. It's okay. So then... I got, after I believe it was three, five days, his original, the, the denial, they, they said I didn't fill, send it one piece of paper, as mass health card. Um, I did, and I have a copy of it. And I said, no, I actually did that. I have a copy of it. Um, oh, well, hold on again. You know, they put me on hold. Uh, the hold program there is ridiculous in itself. But, you know, after being on hold for a while, they miraculously found 
a copy of his health card, and it was supposed to be expedited back then. And that was on June 7th. Um, we're talking from April to June 7th now. Um, no card, no, you know, I'm getting the run around for everyone there. And then nothing happened. You know, I called again June 12th. I said, I, I haven't heard a thing. My son needs his medicine. And legally, I can't give it to him until I have this card, which I think is okay. Um, you know, and then I called back. And then I was told the office was moving. Someone would call me back. Then I called again. I, I had to call the governor's office. I called all these people. I'm posting about it on Facebook. And me making such a big noise made things get done. You didn't have to make noise at medicine. And that's my. It's funny. It's true because that's exactly what happened with me. I waited for a while. And as soon as I posted on Facebook, someone from the state reached out to me and and fixed it for me. And then I started referring all my friends to this person. (laughs) You know what I mean? And all the people who commented on the thread that they were in the same situation. But this is another level. Like, you know, for me, it's very frustrating. But for you, with your son, like, what's. Do you mind me asking about your son? How old he is? What's his name? So he's. He's 15 years old. Um, he has issues. He's been diagnosed with, you name it, um, mood dysregulation disorder, particularly bipolar, ADHD, PTSD. Um, he's got a lot of stuff going on. And in the past, I did have him on other medications. He's been on Seroquel, Adderall, you name it. He's basically tried it, been on it. Um, he's got so much issues that I he goes back and forth between my me and my parents' house. Um, just because he's he's a handful, you know, um, and it's a little bit easier for both of us to get a little break. Anyways, he's got all this stuff. You, they can't even write the recommendations for what he potentially has. They have to write it for anxiety, which is another, you know, what was diagnosed. He has anxiety, and the biggest thing for him was going to school. So now, the school is frowning upon me because I said that I was getting him his cannabis hard. Frown upon me because I'm doing this. Yet all these other medications he's on, everyone was cool with it. Right. They were suggesting him on lithium. That's toxic yeah. to your body. It's toxic to your liver. Right. You know, and it, cannabis. And they talk about what, if cannabis is bad for teenagers. What do you think those drugs do to teenagers or or young? Right. Age? Fifteen is a young age. What? Right. What? Like. What, so now he's legal. Now you have his card, right? Well, you have at least uh, you're been approved, so you can actually. What kind of like medical cannabis you're gonna try and use? So, so um, right, we've been doing CBD. Um, I am making. I do make capsules and things like that. I'd like to go, you know, a nice little dose and see what works. It's a, it's a you know trial and error. Uh, I was gonna, I was planning on doing like one milligram capsules for him. Um, and trying to see how that works. So it's helpful with anxiety during the day. It's, of course, it's easier now that we're in the summer months because we're not trying to go to school. So that's, but I'd like to see how he reacts with everything. And you know, we're taking our time with it. He's on board with it. Even frustrated himself. Um, he did have one breakdown at one point in the middle of this that he was in the emergency room for a week uh, and had to place him in a hospital where they lectured me on cannabis and that they can't give it to him. But I know I know you people can't give it to him. But I'm not going to allow you to push him on any other medication. Uh, and that's it. Um, Especially if it can be cured by cannabis. If this works, 
I just hope this works for you. If it works for you, I, I say go for it because there are really little side effects. Uh, and I'm going to go with uh, Dr. Dinspoon, uh, who uh, is the pioneer of medical cannabis from Harvard University, Harvard Medical. Uh, he told me it's the gold standard, and it's just his birthday yesterday. I think he's 92 something. He's 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 up there now. Uh, so he always says if, if if it works, it's it's the gold standard because it causes the least amount of harm compared to the pharmaceuticals. Right. Oh, I, I, and I've looked into this. I know you know your body has the endocannabinoid system. We're supposed to have this. We are supposed to have it in our bodies, and. Deprivation that he's been going through, especially being put on other things, it's not fair. And he's he's bound to try this. He's excited about it. He's you know ready. Now, I still haven't gotten the cop in the mail, but I have a print out, <laughs> so legally he can have it now, um, which is great. Legally, you're protected now, but you know, so that that's awesome. And this was a big concern for me. I I am I will tell the doctors. I will tell the schools. He has his card. There's nothing wrong with it. And I've been told, oh, when I first them off all the medication, I just did, I use a CBD. Um, people look at me in disgust that I would give this to them. But, again, nobody has an issue with force-feeding them. He, at one point, I think he was on eight pills a day. None of them were really doing anything for him. So, you know, I'm just glad we're legally covered now and... Moving forward, I hope that that renewal process isn't going to be a huge battle. And I'm going to we'll cover it all in. I hope so. I hope it uh, gets easier for you, but I have a feeling it won't. Um, you know, how much, let me ask you this, how much did it cost you? Because you have to get all this extra, you know, I, I know how much it cost me. It cost me two hundred and fifty dollars and it's more than every year because now I need to get it renewed three months ahead of time because it takes them three months to renew them. So you know, the right. recommendations are you know, they're basically for nine months or less, maybe even maybe yep. six months or now, uh, it's, now it's I mean you're gonna have to renew now again in January and it's June. You just got it. And now you're gonna have to renew I, it. I know. It's the same thing. So, I do uh, want to uh, double check too that he doesn't have to go in six months to go with Doctor Ruby because it was right. a whirlwind of information. So I don't know if he has to every six months with Doctor Ruby or once a year. But he does have the two. The original appointment with Doctor Ruby was two hundred, and I did find um, the office in Newton, the doctor's office. I brought him to. I believe it was one fifty. Um, I mean, it was. Uh, it's, it's up there, but he's on Mass Health, so he's able to do the waiver for that fifty dollars. Okay. Um, so you're paying three fifty to five hundred basically every time you do this now, no matter what. Yes. Yep. And you know, I'm single mom, I'm, I'm I don't have a lot of money. I just think it's crazy how expensive it is. Something that they're going to do away with the second doctor's recommendation. Right. You know. I need two doctors' recommendations to get any other medication at all. That's right. And and why not? Like I, I, you know, the other thing I, I'm going to start suggesting is that they extend these recommendations. You know, because like if someone has MS, next year they're still going to have MS. You know what I mean? Like right. on certain conditions, it should be up to the doctor to decide. The doctor should say, you know what, this situation is going to change next year. It's going to be like this for the next five years. You know, for Someone who's 15, you know, maybe it's revisited every two years. But, you know, it's like, why are we 
forcing one size fits all. It just seems like uh, it's really unnecessary, the whole process. What, I mean, what would you what would you suggest to the cannabis control commissioners who are listening? Who it looks like because of us complaining here, they did change something, and it's this initial access certification, which hopefully will you know help you out next time. Um, right. What advice right. could you give them to help you some more? Um, I would like it honestly. To be honest with you, that's the second doctor's opinion. We were in and out of there in five minutes. We already have the doctor's recommendation we need. They basically just check it off. That's frustrating to spend 150 to $200 for five minutes. That's not fair. And that was an entire day. I mean, I had to yeah. drive out to Newton, get right. him out of school, drive out to Newton, go sit in an office, wait there, traffic, all that. Yeah. Why can't it just be the one? If you have to see the pediatric doctor, why can't it just be his one recommendation? And... As far as medicine going, you know, I'm I'm able to get my own. I don't have to pay the dispensary prices, um, luckily. Um, I don't know what I would do or how I would be able to afford it if I was looking at $300 plus an ounce or the prices there are just outrageous. I agree that they should be on some sort of sliding scale. Help out people. Don't just give 10 or 20% off. Make this affordable. This has to be more affordable. You don't have insurance that can cover it, like you go to CVS and get, you know, Ruslan or whatever. The insurance covers that. A little bit of a copay. Is there anything like that? You know, this, there is programs out there. I did I did find one um, at the Retinal Care. Is there anything called that? You're starting to break up there. Can you say that oh, again? Sorry. Yeah, I did find, I believe it's Realm Care. They're non in Colorado. And they do help with um, pediatric patients and the cost for medicine. Um, so they'll help cover doctors' costs and whatnot. And they're not based in Colorado. They'll help moreover. But there's more people like that out there. There are some agencies in Massachusetts help out low-income families. But, you know, just we're all just trying to help ourselves, help our kids. I know. I think we need more of that. But, unfortunately, I think... Uh... More of it has to come from the government because they're setting the rules, and, and it's like, why is it always up to folks like us to take care of all these issues? You know, because that's what I see a lot now. It's like, like we're giving away free cannabis to patients often because of this, but why should it be our responsibility? Why shouldn't the state okay. and the, these big cannabis companies, like you said, a sliding scale? That that's that needs to happen. It really does. I, I agree, and, and you know, and, and thank God we have. You know, in a weird way, it's like, thank God we have this law where we can grow our own. But not everyone can. But that's, I think, part of the issue why they get away with it is because so many of us are uh, doing okay with grow your own. <laughs> right. And, you know, have friends that have been doing this or whatever. And before you, the defense is open. You know, um, the cost at the defense is just out of control. And, yeah. It is, and know. that's why a lot of people are starting to go to Maine. That's a new thing. People yeah. drive up. Oh, I have Maine. my, I have my Maine card too, and I have friends grow up there, and I do have my Maine card, my Massachusetts. I'm a patient as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I get at least pull through New Hampshire with it legally. Um, yeah. but the cost up there is a lot is a lot better too. You know. Yeah. The mask. I guess, I guess currently now the mask card works in Maine without any other card. Like before, you had to get both cards to, to go to Maine. Yeah. 
Now you just the new rules is if you have a MasterCard, you can go up to Maine. Interesting. Why? Well, I, I just paid. I think I just paid three dollars. <laughs> yeah, because I remember before you had to have both. Like you had to, you know, Maine would allow you if you had, you know, both cards. But interesting. Yeah, you had to have both. Yeah, it's like. And 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 I did ask. I did ask the um, doctor's office about getting Zachary's main card as well. Um, my son is. Nobody knew about that. Nobody knew if he could have that. I could do that. If yeah, that was an option. You should check to see um, if you, because it might be different for pediatric. But like some of my friends have mass medical cards, and they've been going up to Maine and getting products at, at you know legal stores. Right. So. I know, and I know it just changed. I saw like a headline about it. The devil's well, always changes. Jail, so that's that's what and that's what we're gonna wait and find out about this initial uh, access certification, what it really means. But I think it's a good sign, at least the cannabis control commission is listening listening a little bit. I I hope so. I I'd really like to see more improvements made. You know, this this is just something that grows out of earth. You know. If I wanted to give my son tomatoes, I grew in the garden. That wouldn't be an issue, you know. It's not like we're trying to. I'm trying to make. I am trying to give him what he needs. His body needs it, you know. All of our bodies need it. We're made for it. That's right. Um, let me ask you another question. There's a um, a labor dispute that was, you know, the SEIU, the union that represents the state workers, has filed a labor complaint against the Cannabis Control Commission about them outsourcing work and, you know, some of the outsourcing of the work that was mentioned in the labor complaint was the certification of the the, the approval, the, the process you just went through. Mm-hmm. Uh, those folks that they outsourced the work and they were, seems like, you know, also I'm hearing from some of the ex-employees that would, there were a lot of complaints about what was going on over there. Uh, are you surprised by that news? No, not at all. No. It doesn't seem, it seems every time I call people, nobody was saying the same things. Everyone had a different story. You even call, oh, you know, sometimes you have to say, oh, what's the last word is this of his social? I'm like, well, I haven't had to say that before. Oh, well, that's the protocol, and people are snappy. And it was, every time I call there, I just dread it. I'm not surprised. You're not surprised. Yep, it sounds okay. Well, I really uh, appreciate you talking to us today, Rachel, about everything. Yeah, I think you're uh, very courageous. You're a great mom, and I want to thank you for speaking up and, and helping other patients because I, I think your post really did make a difference. I, I don't know for a fact how this happened, but just looking around from what I see, I'm surprised that they did this, and they're doing it on July 1st. Um, and I can't make sense of it otherwise that it was because we were complaining. <laughs> oh, I know that's I know that's what it is. And even Dr. Ruby, um, he's been part of this and fighting for all of this for years and saying this isn't fair. This isn't fair. And he's been really big into that. He's so impressed to me, and I'm just so impressed with everything that's even been going on since I saw him months ago. If this is going to be the same day or... Quicker, quicker access to medication, perfect. Then fine. He suffered through it, so other people don't have to suffer through it. I'm fine with me. Thank you so much. I think right. it did make a difference. I, I agree. I, I really do think it made a difference. Um, 
I, I couldn't see anyone else pushing for it. There was no, you know, the other patients group wasn't talking about this. They used to talk about this stuff, but they're talking about other things. <laughs> So, I mean, there's so many pretty things we could be talking about. Just, you know. There are. And I, I think uh, getting access and getting affordable access, I think you nailed them both today. So I, I really thank you for speaking up for patients and thank you to, you know, speaking to us today. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you reaching out to me. Uh, and I really appreciate everything you're doing, too. Um, we're all doing this. Yeah. We're all missing patients. For uh, getting your son certified, looks like you're awesome. You you didn't give up. And I won't. That's what we do. And keep let us know. Keep us updated. Let us know how that works out for your son. I will. I'm excited for it. He's excited for it. So that's I think half the battle. That's it. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great day, Rachel. You too. Bye. I believe once I got into medical marijuana uh, with a personal experience with my son and then uh, that led to my writing the book, Marijuana the Forbidden Medicine, I still believed it would be possible to have it available as a medicine. Now I'm not talking about a pharmaceutical product, I'm talking about herbal marijuana, which is the gold standard as a medicine. Uh, but it would be possible to do that if, uh, even though we continue to have uh, a, a prohibition. I'm now convinced that that's just not true. I used to believe if we could just get it moved from Schedule 1 to Schedule 2, uh, we would then be able to do the clinical studies and demonstrate how useful it is in so many different symptoms and syndromes and that it would establish itself as clearly the least toxic substance that one can use as a medicine for many of these symptoms and syndromes. I'm now convinced that that's not possible. You can't do it while it is prohibited. You can't use it as a medicine while it is prohibited for other purposes. Look what's happening in California where they're arresting patients, closing down growers and so forth. It just won't work. As a medicine, it would be the equivalent of an over-the-counter medicine. I mean, you have the right to decide whether you're going to use aspirin or Tylenol or something else for your pain. You should also have the right to choose cannabis, which in some ways is better than even the ones I mentioned because it's less toxic. 1,000 or 2,000 people die from aspirin uh, every year, not a single death ever from marijuana. And you would, also, it would allow patients to titrate their own doses, which is a phenomenon which is just underappreciated. Because when your doctor arbitrarily says, take two aspirin, he doesn't know what the dose, what, what dose you really need. You as a patient can titrate it just to the point where you get rid of the nausea, or you get rid of your headache, or your cramping from Crohn's disease goes away, or you regain your appetite with it. You can do that. A doctor can't do that. He can't tell you what to do. You can do it. So, you know, just as it in its, its renaissance as a medicine began, the peoples, it began with the people. These anecdotal accounts come with the people. It is a people's medicine. It will always be a people's medicine. Now, I don't 
for a minute believe that the pharmaceutical industry can come up with some things which are superior in some ways. But it has to be tested. They have to prove that it's superior to to the leaf, to, to, uh, to herbal marijuana. And that, and if they do come up with things that are better, let's say, uh, imagine somebody, some pharmaceutical company developing a reverse uh, agonist for the munchies effect. In other words, something that would actually reduce appetite without it being toxic, like all the other things that we try to use for reducing appetite to control obesity and so forth. Now, if somebody could do that, uh, they would make a fortune, that pharmaceutical company. No problem with that. But it must be that people have access to marijuana, herbal marijuana, as a medicine, or for what I, I think there are two other categories, recreation, a much better recreational drug than alcohol, no hangover, no violence, no driving crazy and so forth. And it... And, also, what I call uh, uh, enhancement. My new we my a website I have is to help people understand that it isn't just for medicine and for recreation, but it helps lots of people. That's the can. What's the name of that website? Cannabis cures, is it? No, enhancement is. Is it another website? It's a, no, it's, yeah, it's it's marijuana-uses.com, and it's essays from people like Carl Sagan wrote an essay on how useful it is to him and his writing, Alan Ginn, lots of people you don't, you've never heard of. Just write in, I'm a musician, I use it, and so forth and so on. Because that's a real use for it. I think young people who are, are more interested in partying don't, don't get into that. But as you, and I think it takes some experience with it, you can find that it may enhance certain uh, personal capacities in a way nothing else has done. Thank you very much. Enough. How do you, yeah. How do you think they received you today, your testimony? How did you, how did you feel about the committee? Well, I think the committee was really a little indifferent that I emphasize the medical aspects, but I think it's important that people realize you can't fool around anymore. Proposition 216 was very important in 19, uh, 215 and 1996, but that's just... Uh, that's just tinkering with it. Ultimately, if you're really gonna if you're really gonna let people uh, let people explore the full medical potential of this, you can't have a state saying you can only use it for debilitating disease. And you've got to let them explore and let them consult with people who know that it is useful for things as as. Uh, Unpro improbable as premenstrual syndrome. Women since Queen Victoria, as I told them, they have used it for that. And even for things like intractable hiccups, there are people who find... I'm, I'm getting to sort of the far end of these things, but the point is, it's a remarkably versatile medicine. And since I always, as a physician, I always said to my patient, look, I don't know if it will help with your ulcerative colitis. There hasn't been enough anecdotal evidence that I can get my hands on some yes, some no. But if it were someone in my family or myself who was suffering from your ulcerative colitis, I'd take it and I advise you to try it because I know I'm not going to harm you by giving you that advice. It is not going to harm you. It may not help you, 
But on the other hand, on the other hand, it may you may be one of those people for whom it is a real boon. And uh, so I think it's uh, very easy to advise people on cannabis. You're not going to get them in trouble. Hi, it's Mike Crawford, and I'm inviting you to a free special broadcast episode of The Young Jerks Live from Verilife, Wareham, on July 10th. We'll be talking about cannabis on the Cape with local advocates and hopefully some elected officials, as well as featuring product reviews and a video tour of the Verilife dispensary. Please join us. It's happening Wednesday, July 10th. We hope to see you there. Every day, Verilife's here to help you live a higher quality of life. The massive product selection at their Wareham dispensary features superior quality flour, vapes, edibles, and more, all derived from locally sourced growers. Experience unparalleled customer service from experts whose knowledge will help you become smarter about your options. Located 10 minutes from the Bourne Bridge, make Verilife Wareham your last stop on the way to the Cape. Reserve an order through Leafly, and you'll be on your way in no time. Open seven days a week from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. The good vibes start at Verilife.